0: Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little, uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we would like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate Live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 Live. There in we go. Person. Boom. Yes. That is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com We've drank Bullfinch's beer before Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening at Bullfinch You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds argue with each other (laughs) All right, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye.
1: <laughs> you're listening to Never Heard of It, a Nightshift Radio original. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a rating and review if you're so inclined. For more information, visit nightshiftradio.com.
2: So we spent a whole month uh, messing with our viewers and telling them we were going to watch one movie, and then we flip-flopped and watched a completely different movie. On this accident. Month, on accident, totally. It was, it was on accident. <laughs> uh, this month, let's just say for this episode, I think the viewers are going to wish that we did that uh, too. You think so? I don't know, maybe. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we'll hmm. see. We'll go through it. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, so how are you doing, Caleb? Hey, I'm all right, and... Uh...
1: My can of bubbly says, "Hey you,
2: hey you." I like that. <laughs> those are the ones that uh, we had, uh, you know, bubbly uh, on set. Yeah, we, yeah we, did we did a movie.
1: We did. You're wearing the shirt.
2: I'm wearing the shirt today. Yeah, we did a. It's uh, we did a whole ass movie and uh, and uh, yeah, those are always on set, and it was very fun. And I felt that that's like a typical thing. Like that's one of those like insider jokes. Is like there's always sparkling water and like fruit snacks. That's like oh. the standard crafty things on all sets, so it's always like an inside joke of like, gotta have your Lacroix Welch's fruit snacks, and we totally had that. <laughs> so that was like another element that made it feel like a for real movie, because it was in fact
1: it was a for we real did. movie. We did a for real movie,
2: and we've watched the movie. We've seen we've seen a cut of it. Oh my
1: god! You Even know. without like with scenes missing and with like with no like sound editing, no effects anything uh it was still awesome it was still
2: really fucking
1: awesome right
2: absolutely yes. uh yeah i you know i almost would want to loop back and do it all over again and that being said hello and welcome to the never heard of a podcast i'm your host michael fight
1: and i see what you did there
2: <laughs> so we uh for for no reason whatsoever and not to capitalize on SEO and search terms, we're doing a whole month of multiverse.
1: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't sound like anything we would do.
2: I, it's madness, a, uh, <laughs> a, a madness of multiverse, if you will, madness or something in, of that in, sort. In,
1: in a multiverse? Yeah. Have you ever read the comic scenes from a multiverse? No, I haven't. I want to say like any of the
2: strange like multiverse scenes or like the House of M or any of that stuff. Well, I did read House of M, but that's not really multiverse as much as it was a whole reboot.
1: Uh so you can you can read it at amultiverse.com. It's okay. a a webcomic by John Rosenberg that's been going for quite some time. John is actually involved in the book that uh our our friend and uh, network colleague Ethan uh, is involved with crowdfunding right now. Oh, the, yeah, yeah. The uh, was it moistly harmless? Uh, yeah, moistly about the harmless. Care, care and keeping of salamanders. Yep. Uh, yeah, John Rosenberg is going to be one of the the guest artists in that. Uh, and if you're following us on social media, you will at some point have seen us uh, share uh, Ethan's crowdfunding campaign. But you should definitely check it out. Ethan is a New York Times best-selling illustrator. Uh, he did. Uh, all of our avatars and like fucking half of Twitter uh, has avatars commissioned from him. Yeah, uh, it's like pretty
2: much you're not a science Twitter person if you don't have an Ethan Kocheck uh, uh, avatar.
1: And if that hit home, then you should feel bad and you should go take care of that. <laughs> right, um,
2: you're like, oh shit, I'm not part of the community.
1: And of course, Ethan is working with us on uh, our animated series that we've uh, we've got in the works. So, uh, lots of great stuff. You should definitely check uh, check out Ethan's stuff. But uh, yeah, John Rosenberg, scenes from a multiverse, fascinating comic strip. That is very interesting. No, I
2: haven't. I, I, so I assume it's just multiverse. Type story, right? Yeah,
1: so it's um, it's not a necessarily a single continuous story. It, it bounces around between different potential universes. Uh, there's lots of great pop culture references. There are some kind of uh, ongoing serialized uh, bits that he will come back to, uh, but it's just kind of it's all over the place. There's Doctor Who references. This most recent one has a uh, has Pepe Le Pew. Uh, uh, it's it's really fucking fascinating.
2: That is really, you know, I I like uh, you know I like the idea of multiverse. But there's a couple of different ways you can go about multiverse. So you can do it, you know, kind of like what what we're seeing with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, where it's infinite universes and they start, you know, colliding. Mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. similar to the movie that we watched today. Or you can also do it where it's alternate timelines, where yeah. it's like the alt-history type thing, where it's like, what if what if the south won the war type thing like i know there was a oh, was it the man in the high castle wasn't that yes. isn't that what the plot of that
1: one is is that it was if uh, if the nazis had won world war 2 the
2: nazis won world war 2 yeah 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 so i i like that cuz that's it's kind of in the vein of multiverse but it's not it's not like it's it is but it isn't you know
1: yeah, alternate history is definitely a type of multiverse, because if you think about, it, like, the most common multiverse theory is that there are an infinite number of universes uh, that, you know, run alongside, parallel to, on top of, however you want to, to think about it, but uh, in existence with ours, uh, and that essentially every choice that was made an infinite number of potential other options branch off. And so you have this constantly branching and and ever increasing uh, infinity of potential realities. Uh, So the argument being made, there's a reality where you and I are having this exact conversation, but I don't flip you off right now. Oh yeah. See? Yeah. So like I, I made a choice to do that. And in however many other infinite realities, I didn't do that. And in some, I gave you the double deuce. And in can some, we, I'm strong bad, giving you the double deuce with boxing gloves. Like, it's, like, anything you can imagine is theoretically possible in the multiverse.
2: I want to go to the universe where you didn't flip me off. I <laughs> I just, that's a nicer... Uh, you want to go to one of the universes game. where I'm not an asshole? Yeah. I call me crazy. That but sounds I like, boring. <laughs> I want to be in the nice Caleb universe. It actually <laughs> does sound boring. I'm not going to lie. I'd be like, ah, oh, you're such a weenie. Like, just uh, do something. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. <laughs> We don't no, want no, that. Nobody wants no that. No nice Calebs here. No, no. nice Calebs <laughs> around here. Not in my multiverse.
1: No, yeah. I mean, there there are lots of multiverses that I do want to visit, but not that one.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh yeah, so so for those of you guys who maybe you haven't delved into multiverse things and the MCU is kind of your first instance of it, you know, we we got a lot of it when uh, Infinity War started. And we started learning about the idea of a multiverse and then what if I think handled it really well in terms of that. Uh, So Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness is out now in uh, theaters-ish. Well, it will be out this week. uh, So go watch it. If you're an MCU fan, it's really cool. We're going to do a whole month of multiverse movies. um, So if you couldn't get it, if you didn't get enough of it. Now's your chance. We also just recently had a brand new Storyteller series uh, episode, um, and I wish I could remember the entire title, but I know that it's something Max Peck, and it is a multiverse story that is really, really cool. Uh, Loved it when I read it. I actually read through it twice, uh, which oddly still can't remember the name. I just remember that it's The Many Lives of Max Peck. That's what it is.
1: Ah. The
2: Many Lives of Max Peck. Uh, So we just had that. That should be out now. Uh, Or will be coming out soon. Now, remember, we're in the past, so when you listen to this, it's actually May 1st. But for me, it's actually April 24th. Or, I don't know, wibbly-wobbly, (laughs) timey-wimey.
1: It's all coming Uh, full circle. It's all coming. Oh, boy. Mm. (laughs) Uh,
2: So today we're talking about the movie Multiverse. So this movie came out in uh, 2019, uh, it is available on Hulu uh, right now. Um, you know, but this is one that actually stars, uh, well, has, I wouldn't say stars, but she is she is in a role. Marley Mart- uh, Matlin, who, a yeah. uh, very famous deaf actress who uh, just recently was in the movie Coda. Yep.
1: Um, that won a bunch of Oscars. I, um, um, I'm a big fan of her performances in The Magicians as Harriet. Yes, yeah, she was really
2: great. Now, I remembered her from Seinfeld Oh, okay. uh, because yeah, that was like yeah. my first experience of seeing her uh, was in Seinfeld, but then she was in, you know, I mean, she's been in a million movies uh, just, since
1: then. She's been in My Name is Earl. She's been in Nip Tuck, yeah.
2: which we've talked about. And oh, how she fucking was in Nip Tuck. Right. That show was. Yeah. Oh, uh, God. Nip Tuck was such a weird show. What a good show, though.
1: Yeah. And like, it's just all over and like i just every time i see her on screen i'm like
2: yeah marley. yeah that's you you did the thing yeah no i i love marley matlin uh i think she's great when when i started watching this movie i was like oh shit like marley Mat. or when when we're looking up you know the credits for this movie i was like oh yeah, shit, yeah. that's awesome which so this is a really weird movie so the movie starts off with uh we get a voiceover from our main character loretta who is played mm-hmm. by uh, paloma kwiatowski um, who is talking about multiverse theory. You know, she basically says the same thing Caleb, you just said of like there's multi universes and yep. you know, it's infinite. And she she makes a reference of eight turned on its side, the best number. Um, so this is kind of our intro to the film, you know, we get that we're gonna we're gonna learn about multiverse,
1: right? And, uh, and I knew I recognized her. She was also in uh one of the Percy Jackson movies, Sea of Monsters.
2: Oh, oh, she Talia. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. What else has she been? In? Oh, she was in uh, the Christmas. I, what is that? The Christmas. She's in calendar. Supernatural.
1: The Christmas calendar. Um. When like
2: calls the heart. Oh God. I. Oh, she was. She's in the One Hundred. Yep. 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 Yep.
1: All
2: right. I didn't. I, honestly, I don't know her from. I didn't watch any of these other things she's in, but I recognize those some of those things. Oh, she was in Travelers. I did watch Travelers, which is funny because that is kind of multiverse.
1: Oh, okay. All right. Kind
2: of. Kind of not really. It's more alien than it is multiverse. No, it's time travel. Oh, you're well, time I guess travel. I am a time travel.
1: And I, I mean <laughs> time depending travel on is my middle name. Depending on what uh theory of time travel you subscribe to, um multiverse often actually comes into play in in time travel stories because The idea being like, no, you can't necessarily travel in your own timeline, but you can pass into one of these alternate realities where something branched off differently. Right, because
2: this is the, this is like the, the idea of like the bootstrap paradox and stuff Mm -hmm. like that of like, if you go back in time and say, don't build a time machine, how did you build a time machine to go back in time and so on and so forth? You know, there's, there's the, you know, it. Uh, I think we've referenced it many many times over oh, the yeah. past I mean,
1: four years. We've done so many time travel stories that like yeah. I, we definitely have talked about that
2: yeah and if you if this is your first time hearing me talk about it, Google Doctor who bootstrap paradox and uh the the Peter Capaldi doctor does a very good uh bit about the bootstrap paradox in Beethoven. great story. I won't Mm-mm. even try because i can't I can't do as well as Peter Capaldi does, but amazing, amazing little bit, yeah. So, so the beginning of the movie, we get the idea that Loretta and her group of friends, who is Danny, Amy, and Jerry, uh, fucking Jerry, uh, are goddamn Jerry. Jerry. They're, so, they're trying to multiverse, I guess.
1: We've, we've done this before and we, we've talked about this before, but Danny and Jerry cast way too much alike it just me. Half, half of the movie. movie, yeah. Trying to like, figure out who was who. Who
2: was who? It was only because of uh, uh, Danny's shitty facial hair that I was like, "Oh, that's yep. Danny," because <laughs> he's got that dumbass peach fuzz mustache. <laughs> it was terrible.
1: But yes, you have you have these four students. They're, they're the the best of friends. And they're at college together at Maxwell University, uh, which I don't I, I don't think is actually real. Um, uh, but this this is all filmed somewhere in Ontario. So like I, I at one point I was like, wait a second, is this like Syracuse? Is like was this a was this a Syracuse <laughs> studio? Could have been. It's I mean it's Canadian Syracuse. <laughs> it's yeah, just on the other side of the same lake, it's like it's, two hours north. It might it, as well be. <laughs> it's like staring through into a an alternate reality almost. I could have thrown
2: a rock and hit them.
1: So. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they're, they're at university together and they are, they're trying to crack the, the code on, uh, quantum entanglement, uh, spooky action at a distance. Uh, the idea of, you know, they, they well, at least Loretta firmly believes in the concept of a multiverse. Uh, we get the sense that possibly the other three are just along for the ride with at least one of them being full on skeptic. But whatever, he's there. It's fun. Um, but they're trying to figure out a way, like if there's an infinite number of realities, then at least one of them has to be. Identical enough to be able to make a you know, some sort of connection to,
2: right? And uh, you know, so uh, a couple of notable things to start off this movie, which is important as we carry on through the plot. Uh, Loretta and Danny are together. Mm-hmm. Amy is deaf, and Jerry is like a rich kid who might have some problems. Yeah. Be it at home problems, be it other things and issues. But Jerry, Jerry is the one who's probably the most skeptic and along for the ride. Like, Jerry, Jerry, you know, uh, I, I say this, Jerry is the dumb friend of the group who's kind of just like, w- Can I copy your homework? Like, that's Jerry. Jerry is that guy. That's,
1: uh, I didn't get the sense so much that he was dumb. It's just that he was well, a, no, kind of he, a, an asshole who just doesn't really try. Like, it. It feels like he's he's just there because his friends are there. Like, he doesn't believe in or care about any of this shit. Because later, we do see him running an experiment where he's, like, where he's actually interested. And, but and, and to, to that point, he's probably the one who figure
2: figures it out, I use quotes, and uh, first, which is also really annoying that they paint Loretta to be, like, this science prodigy, and then Jerry's over here like, I fucking figured it out three days ago, idiots, but I'm not telling anyone. mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Is very frustrating.
1: It is. It is.
2: Yeah. So, so that's that. So, they've started their experiment. They have a fish bowl uh, with a fish by the name of Arthur. Yeah. And uh, good old Arthur. And they're, they're doing something. They uh, honestly, uh, something that I liked but also kind of disliked about this movie is that they never tell you what they're doing. Like, you know that they're doing something to the effect of multiverse, but they don't try to junk it up with a bunch of science jargon. Or anything. Like, they do a very little bit. They'll say some things, but they never say, like, this is what I'm doing. This is how I built the thing. And yeah. I kind of like that, you know, like, the detachment from—so it doesn't get to, like, all right, well, now you're just making up words. Or, like, that's not how that works, you know?
1: Yeah. And I mean, they, uh, they definitely toe that line a little bit. Um, but it's the, whenever you're trying to do science in a movie, especially if your writers aren't themselves scientists— uh just keep it as vague as possible and this like mm, top notch well done the writing yeah. in this movie is actually mostly very good i was uh it was pleasantly su- uh, pleasantly surprised after the month that we just had <laughs>
2: yeah yeah i you know i agree with you with the vague uh the vagueness i think it worked my only issue is is that minus the minus the sciency part of it I never got a full sense of what it was that they were trying to do. Like they were trying to do something with multiverse, but what? Prove it? Transfer to it? Like what is it they were trying to like all all Loretta? Like it could have been just one throwaway line where sure. Letter was just like, "I'm just trying to prove that the multiverse exists," or "I'm trying to travel to the multiverse or see the multiverse, like communicate with the multiverse." Like it was, we just didn't really know what we knew. Well, we knew why, but not the what.
1: During the opening sequence, she makes some sort of comment like, did you feel that I think something came over? So the the impression there is that they are trying to somehow make a bridge between two universes to allow anything to cross over, which I think probably the, the core purpose here is to prove multiverse theory correct. Uh, yeah. And in doing so, like in order to do so, they are probably trying to um prove that they can cross that uh that divide by having something physically transfer between uh universes which the, i think is what
2: arthur was
1: yeah the implication being that arthur is their their test subject cuz so they're they're trying to they're basically trying to study quantum entanglement the idea that to that that any uh, given particle or object or whatever exists in uh two different states until it's observed and once it's observed uh it is Um, you know, it, it becomes whatever you have observed it to be, but then it's entangled with another thing like, ah, it's, it's again, (sighs) fucking Google it. (laughs) it. (laughs) Yeah. They're they're trying to to do that and they're, they're using water thinking that like the water would be, uh, enough free flowing particles in order to prove this entanglement theory.
2: You know, and one of the things that I thought was actually uh, that I did think was kind of smart that they did and talked about was, you know, they, you know, talking about the water is like what we need is something large enough with the exact same signature with enough particles to sample like a large enough sample size, but it's all the same sample Mm -hmm. to basically lock that same sort of particle signature across each Multiverse, which I think is actually a very interesting way to go about it. And that's just enough of a smart thing where you're like, yeah, that's a possible, like, that doesn't seem super impossible. I mean, it seems like, you know, a very science fiction y thing, but it's probable science fiction and and not like, you know, whatever. They're
1: focusing on something that is. Not itself alive. So they're not trying to necessarily bring a, an animal, vegetable, mineral, human, uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, right. They're they're trying to make connection via an, an inner medium like water, which yeah. I think is, is interesting.
2: Which again was very smart. So, uh, so right off the bat, the very first thing you know, they're like, "Oh my god, do you feel it?" And Jerry's like, "Meh." And Amy, um, again, who is deaf, is is like, "Yes, like I'm seeing sign." Like she's she's pointing to computer equipment. The implication that she's getting some sort of signal or sign that yes, something is happening. And you know, Loretta's like, "We need, we need a bigger." Uh, you know, more water. Someone makes it come kind of like a bigger fishbowl. And she's like, yes, but like bigger, bigger. So they decide to go off to the ocean. Um, so they grab all their equipment. They throw it in their car. They are driving in Jerry's white BMW. We're going to uh, also, this is a point, we need to point out this specific uh, uh, vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's late at night. They start driving. You know, meanwhile, like they're all in the car and they're like, this is exciting. Jerry's driving very fast and he's talking about how excited he is. He's like, but you know, like, Hey, we got to like, we're doing this fast. Right. You know, he's being all cool. He's the cool rich kid. Right. Yeah. 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 And, (laughs) uh, so as they're driving, you know, she's like, Loretta's like, slow down. Like you're going too fast. This is crazy. They turn a sharp corner up on a cliff. Uh, to which another oncoming, like, brown Jeep-type car, uh, you know, SUV, or darker-colored SUV-type car, like, also comes. They just narrowly miss each other. The BMW swerves off towards the uh, cliff side of the road, or the non-cliff side of the road, whereas the brown car uh veers off and starts dangling over the edge of the cliff uh over top of this and so of course you know the brown cars you know kind of doing the teeter totter thing mm. uh Loretta gets out she runs to the car she sees that they're stuck um and we see uh her you know they say like you know what's happening and she's like no it's and then we see a hand come out of the car Loretta grabs the hand the car tips over Loretta goes over the edge ball of flames Loretta's fucking dead no no Loretta oh. and now <laughs> five months later we have, we have transform, uh trans jumped five months into the future mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. we see the same three remaining students uh Jerry Amy and Danny um who are obviously still a little sad that Loretta has very recently died I mean five months is still very recent yeah um and they're trying to... They're they're basically discussing whether they should try to do the experiment again, right? That's
1: no, they've uh, as far as we can tell, they've actually completely given up on the the multiverse because that was that was Loretta's uh, thing, and they're uh, they're actually in process of doing an experiment related to uh, reading brain waves.
2: Based on emotional
1: triggers, kind of similar to uh, what we want to do with with Somnium. If, uh, you know, know, VCs out there with with $10 million or more uh, funding, we... We want to make Somnium real. Uh, anyway, uh, they're, they they're using like various emotional triggers and they're reading the the brainwaves generated in Danny's reactions to it. So it's it's Jerry that's leading this experiment, which uh, again goes to why I don't think he's like a fuck up or like a hanger on. I just think he didn't care about the multiverse at all. But like maybe, you know, maybe psychology is part of his passion or something. We don't fucking learn enough about him to know. We know that... He has at least one science trophy.
2: Yes. <laughs> he has one science trophy, and that's all that matters. Um, yeah, and and so the fucked up thing is Danny is the one with the VR, uh, you know, helmet on, like, get, being fed the images— and one of the images that uh, Jerry feeds him is an image of Loretta, and he's like, "Yo, what the fuck?" Because that was Danny's ex girlfriend, mm-hmm. and you know, even Amy was like, "What the fuck, man?" I'm like, what are you doing? And he was like, "What? I have to get, I have to get all the emotions, like, so I need this too." And then the next, uh, you know, f- you know, it skips ahead, and another image that he shows is of the car. That or one similar of the car that went over the edge. Mm-hmm. And that's when Danny takes a helmet off. And he's like, yo, what the, like, dude, this is fucked up. I'm not doing this. He leaves. Amy and uh, Jerry are kind of left. And Amy was like, hey, man, like, give him some slack. And Jerry's like, wait a minute. And this is where we learned that since Loretta's passing, now Amy and Danny have started to couple up, let's say. A little uh, trauma she bonding. Even, yeah, she even says, like, I don't know what we are. Um, which I is like kind of messed up, but like also eh, they're young; it's expected, I guess. I
1: mean, I I get it. Again, it, yeah, trauma, it's trauma. You
2: said it. it, it, it trauma bonding.
1: Yeah. Shared trauma, then like it lead, sometimes leads to closeness, sometimes leads to distance, and, and we in this group of three, we see exactly that. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: and you know, so uh, you know, we've seen that. You know, it's been five months. Amy and Danny are, you know, still chatting. Danny is still clearly upset uh, about Loretta, obviously, is his girlfriend uh, since high school, has died. Although they're like 19 because they do say that Loretta was 19, is 19 or was 19 when she died.
1: Yeah. So they're sense. fairly
2: young. So they're probably like year one, year two of, of uni, of college.
1: Uh, which, pretty fucking brilliant people to be uh, conquering multiverse <laughs> theory in, like, <laughs> at most your sophomore year. Right. They're, unless they're, they're so thinking... brilliant that they, you know, went to college early.
2: Right. I mean, they're, like, they're still taking, like, English 101, but also tap- <laughs> tackling quantum and calculate. It's like, I'm going to be late for algebra. I have to go, but do, you know, calculus-level physics, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So Danny and Amy are hanging out and, or no, Danny is at the library and he sees someone who kind of looks like Loretta and he's like, yo, what the fuck? So he goes and tries to chase down to see if he can find her, you know, approaches someone and goes, Loretta. They pull down their hood, turn around and it's not actually Loretta. It's just, you know, someone that looks like her. And then, you know, off in the distance, we see someone run away and he's like, what the fuck? then he's out with uh with Amy and Jerry and they're at a bar and Jerry says, "Oh shit, that girl looks just like Loretta." And Danny gets up and runs and chase after her, uh to which we learn it is in fact Loretta.
1: Okay. So I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead. I'm going to spoil a, a little bit to say that like I I very much enjoyed this movie. Uh, But this is one, I have a a couple of very, very strong nits with it. And that's one of them. Like, if in fact, it is Loretta, yeah, and like, she's here now, like in, like alive again, uh, and she's within feet of her, like her boyfriend and her closest friends, uh, would she not try to reach out to them?
2: Well, so that's my thing is that, the time distance from when uh, Danny sees the one in the library to the time that he sees the one in the bar takes place over the course of a day. Mm-hmm. So she would go to her apartment or because she even says, like, "Yeah, all my stuff is gone. Like, I just think there's too much time between the time that we're supposed to believe she shows up in this universe to the time that she actually talks to her friends. Where she wouldn't have been like, "Hey, something's weird because even she right off the bat, she's like, "What are you guys talking about? I'm not dead and they're like,
1: What the fuck That's like so it's it just the transition period from the initial story you know they're they're doing multiverse stuff they have this this accident she falls off the cliff she dies. Five months later, they start seeing her, and then you know, a couple days later, she calls one of them like, "Hey, it's me. Like, what? Like, oh right, you know, yeah. Why is not like I went to your to your room because that's where I always stay, and you weren't there. Like, it's." the only way I can think that they could have explained this and then they failed to do so was that we were starting to see the connection between universes and that like, they weren't like, she hadn't fully crossed over, but like the membranes were thinnest or something like that. And so they right. were catching glimpses of her. Uh, and like, that can make sense with the idea that it then leads up to, she like goes to stay at uh at, at Danny's room, Danny's not there because Danny's with Amy, and then they get the phone call. Uh, and So that's that's the only thing that I can think of is what is probably happening, because otherwise it doesn't make sense that she would be right there in the bar with her friends where they all hang out, uh, you know, where like, one of them fucking, and Danny works there, yeah. uh, and like doesn't come up to say hi to them, because for her, as we learn... Uh, she, th- this version of Loretta's from the multiverse that they were trying to make connection with and has somehow like she, uh, in her world didn't die and had like persevered with the experiment and somehow managed to cross over. Uh, and yeah, so she, she doesn't understand, like doesn't realize that she's dead in this universe, doesn't know what happened. And so it would have been perfectly natural for her to walk up and be like, Hey guys, what's up? Right, and I, like I would say that would have been like, oh my God, you're dead. But like, is that any more dramatic than calling like, right? This is your dead friend.
2: <laughs> well, so so there is there is a bunch of weird stuff about that too, and and uh, you know one of the things is you know she even says like, hey, I attempted to call you, Danny, but like it, your number, it wasn't you, and he was like, yeah, I changed my number a couple months ago. For whatever
1: reason, it doesn't explain why. That's that's it's a weird thing to just decide to do.
2: Right? It's not a thing. I mean, I've had the same phone number since like two thousand two. Like that's not a thing.
1: I've known people who have changed their numbers a lot, and it's always inconvenient. And like sometimes it's for you know perfectly good reason. Uh, You know they were being harassed or whatnot. Uh, Sometimes it's just no, I just changed it. Like why? That's right. That's very inconvenient. Why would it's you do super that? super inconvenient.
2: Yeah, the only time I ever noticed when people, like, switched carriers and, like, for some reason they couldn't move it over. Like, that happened mm-hmm. a lot in the early 2010s yeah, because before, that wasn't a thing. Yeah.
1: Before every carrier committed to, like, number porting is a thing. I yep. almost lost mine when uh, when when a particular large carrier was being extra shitty about uh, a plan mix-up.
2: Yeah, I, I almost lost mine when I switched from uh, T-Mobile to AT&T.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that
2: almost was a thing, but they worked it out, and it was like a new thing to do number porting because that was two thousand six. So, I that actually, was just before the phone, the iPhone came out.
1: I did end up switching mine because said character uh, carrier uh, kept fucking up with my plan and shutting my phone off. So I'm like, bye, bye. Yeah. So, so one of the other things that bothered me that
2: did bother me about this with Loretta though is that. So we know that Loretta has been walking around in this world for about a day. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, But we mm -hmm. hear a news thing later that says that Loretta was widely known as, like, a science prodigy and then, like, everybody knew, like, it was a huge deal in the community because, like, everybody knew about this person. So you're telling me that she walked around for a whole day and not a single person was like, hey, wait a minute, you're fucking dead. (laughs) They were that's, just like, oh, that bitch looks like a Loretta. Cool. That's, like,
1: again, that's that's why I think that it had to have been like they were they were seeing glances right, on the universe. Yeah. But again, yeah. like the, the movie didn't tell us that. That's my um my gripe with it is that the the film didn't tell us that that's what was happening uh you have to like infer that yourself and
2: or i mean guess too and that's the other thing like we're just assuming that's the case like it's not like we weren't given any clue to that um yeah so so now loretta's here right so loretta's in town she is uh she's wandering around she meets up with her friends and this is another frustrating thing about this movie is that everybody knows that they were attempting to contact the multiverse mm-hmm So three of the four people now know that they were trying to do multiverse things, but then Loretta died, so they all quit. Loretta knows that they did Mm -hmm. finish, basically go through and figure out the multiverse, Mm -hmm. yet they take far too much time putting that information together because the other three are like, that can't possibly be the reason. There's no way. And Loretta's like, I don't understand. What do you mean I'm dead? And I'm like... This is so obvious considering you've spent uh, your whole past year trying to do exactly this and now you're going to spend 20 minutes of this movie not believing it? Like, come the fuck on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's like, again, listeners who have been with us for a long time will know that it's one of our our biggest gripes when uh, people gaslight each other in situations where like, it's clearly like something is happening. Uh, And, you know, disclosure, we do a bit of that in our film, but there's uh, like, that's part of the story it makes sense but like it doesn't make sense in a story like this where as you said all of the characters know what they were trying to do and one of them mysteriously comes back from the fucking dead and claims to have succeeded in doing what they're trying to do and their belief is like they, they're just clinging to the idea that no she just disappeared for five months and came back with you know like severe mental illness uh, rather than believing that they actually succeeded in what they were trying to do, like that doesn't make any sense. Like that, right? I, I say that I I really enjoyed the the writing of this film. That is one of like I guess there are th- there are three main things that really just like kind of stuck in me, and that that's number two.
2: Those are some nits with a capital N. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know. <sighs> That is that is right. I mean, they do spend a lot of time gaslighting Loretta into thinking that she's crazy, even though she comes back with a tattoo about entanglement. It's like the the infinity symbol with the word entangled inside of it. Which I think um, might
1: have been an alternate title for this film. I, was, I saw a poster with that.
2: I was lit yeah, and Entangled is the original title. Yeah. I was just gonna say, I feel like that's a better that's a better title than multiverse because I'll be honest. I don't think this is a multiverse story.
1: It is a multiverse story, but it's it it's... It, it, it leans too heavily on the idea of like a, a crossover between just two specific uh, realities in the multiverse. It doesn't really expose us to the multi in multiverse., yeah. uh, so that's I, I agree with you that entangled was a better title. I just don't agree with why.
2: yeah, but I think entangled. <laughs> What, what was the, the Catherine Zeta-Jones film? That was Entangled Mint, right? Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Sean Connery and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. The one where we were to believe that Sean Connery at like 70 was definitely yeah. uh, getting Catherine Zeta-Jones at like 30. Although... I mean
1: I would I've, I've you know, I mean I I've, I've heard enough of <laughs> speak about their their feelings on uh Sean Connery to believe that. Uh ah, okay, so here <laughs> it is. I, I I I tried to get into this earlier but I was I think I was mixing up uh two different uh, uh physics theories. But quantum entanglement is a physical phenomenon that occurs when a group of particles are generated, interact and share spatial proximity in a way such that the quantum state of each particle in a group cannot be described independently of the state of the others, including when the particles are separated by a large distance. Gotcha. So you have um, multiverse theory where, you know, the idea that like you know, separate di- distinct copies exist that kind of overlap or share space or whatever uh, with each other, but like they're separate realities. You have quantum entanglement, which can theoretically be shown to, to happen within the same universe where uh, a particle like say of this uh, can of bubbly is entangled with a particle uh, the you know the smoke detector on your wall and that affecting one would affect the other Uh, and so they're basically working on uh, quantum entanglement but across universes is what they're, they're they're doing here in this story, which is part of what makes it so interesting and, in its own way, uh, unique in in multiverse type stories. Um, but also where you just you start to get into like really muddy waters that you can uh, you, you can find yourself uh, in over your head and really quickly. You
2: find yourself in a scripting entanglement. Mm. <laughs> Fucking got him. Uh, yeah, you know. <sighs> Yeah. It's schrodinger
1: famous oh, example it's, it's, the, yeah the it idea does like it doesn't. exists or it doesn't uh that's that's the the concept of if something like something exists in uh in an either state until it's observed and once it's observed that's the state it's in but then now there is a an alternate version where it was observed in the, the other fashion like like quantum physics is fucking wild. And I like, it is, I, I don't understand it well enough to speak intelligently to it, but I understand it enough well enough to be just fucking stoked on to be it.
2: Excited about it. Right. <laughs> I, You know, uh, they, they do also, uh, Jerry actually does get into um, a really interesting thing of talking about the same matter or the same particle frequency basically existing in the same space. Mm-hmm. Um So, Uh, So Loretta gets there. They finally, after going back and forth and back and forth, they basically come to the conclusion of what actually happens is is Loretta did, in fact, cross over to this universe. um, And, you know, and this is basically she she's jumped over to the universe and she shows that, you know, the tattoo and she says, like, no, in my world, we spent five months Uh, you know actually working on this and we did it and because we were so excited about it we all got drunk and went and got tattoos Mm -hmm. to celebrate the fact that we you know broke through and and actually did it and so now everybody's kind of agreeing it and she learns like the thing you know learns is like she sees uh, Danny and Amy together and she goes and she slaps Amy and she says to Danny like what like what the hell is going on and he's like you're dead What are you talking about? Like, and then that whole thing happens. So, you know, Danny's kind of like, I need a minute, like from both of you, Amy and Loretta have like a little, you know, a little reconnection. And she was like, hey, I get it. It's, it's not like, you're not the Amy, like you aren't the Amy that I know. And it's a completely different scenario. So like, yes, this is weird. Yes, this sucks, but it kind of is what it is. Maybe we should just everybody back off and just stay friends, you know, because shit's weird. But what we've learned is now is that people start feeling weird. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we learn is the other of the four of them start to cross over into the world. This happens very sloppy, in my opinion. um, And I feel like... Again, this is another instance where when it happens, and Jerry is is uh, seemingly the first person to figure it out, he gets it right away. He's like, got it. So Loretta crossed over, but now the other ones are crossing over. I'm starting to feel weak. Oh, look, there was two fish in the fishbowl. That was the example of the other one coming over, but then both fish were swimming really weird, and now one fish is dead, and the other mm-hmm. fish is swimming perfectly fine now. So he's like, got it. And this is the part that I was kind of leaning into is like, the same particle, the same particle wave frequency can't exist in the same space, it's they're basically canceling each other out, which is like kind of akin to Time Cop
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh, because that was the same matter can't occupy the same space. That was more of a time travel story. Yeah. Hint, hint for uh-huh. the end of this movie. Um, and one of, the, like the big thing that happens is Jean-Claude Van Damme kicks the one bad guy into another version of the bad guy and since the same matter can't occupy the same space, they basically just absorb and cancel each other out and then they both cease to exist. Uh, which was cool but also kind of doesn't really make sense in that sense <laughs> but yeah
1: so this this is gripe number 3 that i have uh with this film uh and it's it's not as big uh, as the other two i think but the idea of you know we we you know we can't sustainably cross universes because you know two like identical versions of the, the same uh person thing whatever can't exist in the same space. Okay, you got me. I I can I can I can respect that. Sure, we can jive. But the execution of that means one of them dies. Right. That doesn't make sense because the same matter and energy are still occupying the same universe.
2: They're just there. I mean, like, yeah. Like they, and they even
1: reference conservation of matter and energy, which are like the fundamental laws of thermodynamics, in which uh, if you've, uh, anyone who's listened to Possibly Normal, know that I uh, recognize as one of the possible explanations for the paranormal. Um, the idea that you know, matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed goes completely in the face of this idea that they they can't occupy the same space. Like, one can't just die. It has to completely go away in order to resolve that paradox. And they didn't resolve that paradox. They just let the other thing die. That doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. That Which, like I would rather them have written out the idea of, like, oh, we can't exist in the same space at all than do it that way.
2: Well, so that's the other issue is that, like... Like in in this science state, like if we're if we're thinking in the way of physics and stuff like that, death doesn't mean anything when mm-hmm. it comes to matter because. Yep like if i die right now my matter still exists it's so still right there right it's just sitting in you know in it's no different than if i'm alive and talking now like it's just there mm-hmm. you know it exists so it's not right it's not that it's gone away so they're they're kind of like equating souls more than they are equating physical matter like they're yeah. they're making it be more of a or seemingly a more ethereal thing than it is actually a physical thing, which goes against the science that they actually talk about.
1: Which is funny because the way that they try to explain it feels like they're leaning more on the science of it, but totally. they're just they're doing a, a poor job of of leaning on the science. I want to point out uh, real quick that the the writers of this film, who I will both praise and. Uh, uh, just gold uh, are Doug Taylor and Michael McKenzie. Uh, Doug Taylor uh, was one of the writers or the writer I didn't dig deeply enough uh, into a, uh, a Christmas horror story, which is one of the uh, the great uh, Krampus versus Santa stories. Yes, one of them. One of th- uh, three writers Winner- for that.
2: Uh, that's <laughs> he also did the uh, screenplay for Splice, which I actually really liked the movie Splice.
1: I don't remember if I saw that. That poster looked familiar.
2: Yeah, I I liked Splice. It it kind of reminded me of. Um, it has a very similar uh, plot to Species, mm, mm-hmm. but kind of not really. But it kind of does. Like it's it's kind of along the same lines. Like it it's it's an it's close enough where you could be like, oh right, but it's not like it's not like a clone.
1: <laughs> yeah, Splice. Clone I. Species. I did not see this one, but I, I vaguely remember it. Adrian Brody. Yeah, um, yeah, this.
2: yeah. It, it 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 was good. Um, yeah. Anyway, so. Uh, so we learned that the other of the three have start to spill over into this into this universe. We'll call universe A. So universe mm-hmm. B is now spilling into universe A. Mm-hmm. Jerry learns of this fact, and he learns uh, first that there are two versions of Danny. So one of the things we're seeing is that Jerry, Amy, and Danny are starting to feel weak. Jerry puts two and two together, basically being like, we're both trying to draw from the same energy, And because we can't, everybody is becoming weak. Everybody is becoming disoriented because two sources are trying to, you know, basically draw off the same battery. And uh, that doesn't work that way. So what Jerry does is he brings Danny down to this this basement area of of the university, which he had gotten a key to. And he shows Danny that he is, in fact, from the Entangled World. We'll call Mm -hmm. the Entangled World, the Universe B. And he slips Danny and Mickey and he kills Danny A. Uh, and because of that, the next day we see Danny, who he was like, how are you feeling? Jerry asked Danny, like, how are you feeling? He's like, yeah, I was like not feeling good for a while. Like I couldn't I couldn't grab on to things. And I was, you know, feeling woozy. He's like, but now I I woke up and I feel perfectly fine. He's like, that's because I did that for you. And he explains what happens The other, my other thing about this, and we talk about this in movies a lot, is that every major thing that happens in this movie, Loretta comes back, Jerry tells Danny that he killed Danny. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's like, hey, I killed you. You know, everybody, every time they learn of some sort of major thing, everyone's kind of like, huh, I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. And it's like what i what like this should be a huge deal like you know this is true you you like you already have the evidence of it you've already accepted it it's real it's a theory that you yourselves worked on proved and now you're like i don't know man seems kind of sus it's like what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> Like you you know this like jerry's straight up like i fucking killed you danny and danny's like I don't know. It's like
1: yes, you do. You do know this this the this is an introduction to uh, one of the the interesting elements that they do where like these you know universe a universe B are quote unquote, identical, but there are just small subtle differences. And in universe B, uh, Danny is is on medication for like some severe mental illness issues. Uh, Jerry. And- Sorry, yes, Jerry. Yeah, Jerry is on medication. Can't fucking tell them apart. I know. Uh, They look (laughs) so much alike. Jerry is on medication, uh, and it's implied that Jerry from Universe A uh, is, like, kind of on the the cusp. Like, he has some some mental health issues that, like, could tip him over to this, uh, like, seriously uh, in need of medication in order to, like, stabilize himself and in order to not, like... You pursue dark interests, uh, sure. as we learn that, that Jerry B is is wont to do. Uh, but because Jerry A doesn't isn't on medication, Jerry B no longer is, uh, and that drives his his actions um, pretty recklessly. Which we also learned. So, uh, so again, we we mentioned that Amy
2: is deaf. Uh, her mother is is Marley Matlin, um, right. you know, famous deaf actress.
1: Which um, they 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 set up very early on. Like she she makes some comment to to Danny like, oh, would you like me better in a universe where I can hear? I know. It was I was like, I was like, oh, so they're going to do that? And yeah, that
2: is- was a, I was like, well, there it is. Oh, well, actually, uh, Loretta even says it. She mm-hmm. she even says like, why are you signing? Yeah, and so they were like, because she's deaf, idiot. And she's like, well, not in my world.
1: Yeah, and so like. This is a a situation where, like, they could have done very badly, and they made some smart choices that actually worked really fucking well. Uh, So Sandra May Frank, who plays Amy, as far as I know, is deaf. If not, she's very convincingly deaf, like, uh, adept at sign language. Uh, When she speaks out loud, it is with the the timbre of someone who does not speak normally. Uh, I say normally, I mean, like, regularly, not like right. normal. Yep. Um does not speak regularly. And it like it it sounds like when you hear a, a deaf person speak. Uh like Marley Matlin when she speaks sounds very similar. Um and so I was concerned when they started referencing a universe where Amy can hear. I was like, are they are they playing this where like she's playing deaf in like is this character, like but as an actor who's not. Um and they 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 bring us a, a, a seemingly identical actor who hears and speaks perfectly. Like, well, this is odd. Uh, but what they actually did was cast another actor to uh, voiceover for Sandra May Frank, uh, so that she uh, Sandra could... May
2: Frank is in fact deaf. In that's real life. what I
1: thought. Okay, yep. that 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 was my assumption. Yeah, uh, and I I very much appreciated that they they stuck with having a, a deaf actor for that Me character, too. Uh, and didn't try to to do something weird with with making her suddenly be able to talk um uh, when I first learned that there was an amy two uh actor cast, I thought like wow, they just made they did a really good job of making Shauna Black look exactly like Sandra May Frank, but no it was voice acting so it was just yeah. dubbed over uh and I thought that that was really fucking clever I liked that
2: yeah i i agree uh i'm I'm actually glad in in learning that that um uh, that there, there was in fact a um, it was a real uh, deaf actor because at, at first when she speaks the second time I was like, oh did they cast like a hearing actress yeah, exactly. to be deaf like that kind of sucks because she's exactly. deaf. she is deaf mo- like ninety percent of the movie like mm-hmm. she is she is a deaf character, um, but yeah, um, but that's good. Uh, but here here's another fun fact. So at one point we see two Jerrys and that's because Monroe Chambers, who plays Jerry, actually has a twin brother, so yeah. it was his twin brother that plays uh the other Jerry that they uh, get into a fight with, which okay. is why I was like I was like, this movie does not seem like the budget of film to have like to do this because they did a really good job because every other time, so like as an example, you never see the two Dannys in the same space at the same time. Mm-hmm. you never see the Amys in the same space at the same time. They're in the same room, but they do very clever things where like one, you see one, the reflection in the mirror and then yeah. the other one on screen. And then it's always just, they just keep jumping back and forth. You never actually see them standing next to each other.
1: Yeah. The, the, there's clever nods to the mirror universe uh, idea all throughout the the film where like you see characters reflected in a window or like any other reflective surface and like the implication being like, oh, look... The other them yep. sort of thing, and like I, I liked that. That was you know, some some clever camera work.
2: Yeah. So, so basically, Jerry Jerry B has gone off the deep end. He's like, we gotta fucking kill everyone that doesn't have the tattoo because we've gotta survive. Amy A and Amy B finally meet, we learned that Amy B uh, actually kind of resented her mother for being mm-hmm. deaf because she, uh, she was a hearing individual and was like, I could never connect with her because of that. So like, I, I yeah. only connected with my dad who was a hearing individual in both worlds. And she was like you know, you, you, you know, you're the daughter, my mom, you know, have always wanted, but like Amy B is kind of a, she's kind of mean to her mom. Yeah. Like it's like goth Amy B, you know, like <laughs> add a teen attitude. Being. It was like, it reminded me of that episode of like the Power Rangers when like the bad version yeah. of the Power Rangers came and they were like, they were close enough, but they were like mean to them. That's kind of what it was like.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because, uh, the very first logo that you see in the, the opening of this film is Saban Entertainment.
2: Yeah, which <laughs> that was really interesting. Yeah, Savon who who did the Power Rangers. Uh very very interesting. Uh yeah, so, you know, Amy and Amy basically we we do have a moment where Amy B calls uh Jerry and Jerry's like, "Yo, what the fuck? Like how are you talking right now?" or no, she calls Danny, right? Mm-hmm. I think she calls Jerry.
1: I don't fucking remember dude.
2: Again, they look too much alike. <laughs> Stop casting the same white actors in your movies. Have it, diversity, it, please.
1: It was Jerry because if it was Danny it would have been all sorts of fuckery because that that Danny in universe A was dating Amy A but this was Amy B face timing and like, oh, was, yeah, because yeah. if it was Amy B
2: calling Danny B, he would have been like, hey, what's up? Because yeah. he knew that she could speak because they lived there, and that's the one that's still alive, mm-hmm. is Danny B, right? Yes. Danny B is the one who's alive. Danny A is now dead.
1: Danny A is dead. Danny yep. B is alive and yeah. knows that Amy B can hear. Jerry A and B are both alive and like, can, like, just near missing each other constantly.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is uh that fucking movie all over again. Uh what was the movie where we had to watch that YouTube explainer about the different versions of each one begins oh, with primer? Primer. This is fucking primer all over again. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so now you know Loretta figures out that uh uh J- Loretta figures out that Jerry is crazy, goes to Danny where she wakes up Danny is like, Hey man, I think Jerry's crazy. And he's like, yeah, why do you think that? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, you know, now that you mention it, he did say that he fucking killed me. And <laughs> I'm just going to be the most cavalier person in the world about it. And she's like, why didn't you fucking say something? And he's like, oh, I don't know. And he uh, was just like, what the fuck is going on? Fucking uh,
1: college students, am I right?
2: Fucking college. He's just like, oh, man, I don't know, man. I've been playing Ultimate Frisbee for the past uh, day. Uh, I fucking forgot that my best <laughs> friend killed an alternate version of me. Fucking kids. Uh, and so, and then Amy B, you know, confronts Amy A, but Amy B is way more chill about it. And she's like, no, I figured it out you know, I, I was, since I was part of the experiment that we spent five months figuring out multiverse, it has to do with the water. So I'm going to go fucking jump in a lake and uh, ta-da, I'll be back to my universe and you'll be fine. And, you know, you can carry on and be the daughter that our mom has always wanted and i can go back to my universe i think
1: which i i love that she's the only one that makes any attempt to actually get back to her universe like these four fucking brilliant science prodigies who figured out how to cross the multiverse not a single one of them proposes like okay well you know here in this universe we didn't build the machine but we know how let's go rebuild the machine and, and go home and like let's you know, put as much effort into this as we possibly can as quickly as possible before we die. But, you know, like, the seven of us can probably do this. Well, that's the
2: thing is, like, Loretta... B knows how to do it. Like she was the one and even all of the other ones even say like, you well, were the one who did this. And she never is like, well, let's just build the machine here.
1: <laughs> they even say like, well, Jerry B says like after she crossed over, they kept going and that's how they crossed over. Like her right. experiment didn't automatically pull them over. They kept working on the machine uh, and also uh, crossed over. So again, again, Between the four of them who actually, like, did the work and, like, figured it out, and the three who were, like, this close, like, they could have, I think they they could have done, I think they could have sent everyone home.
2: So here's the thing that I also don't understand is that Loretta B crosses over and it's days pass, right? At least three or four days pass Mm -hmm. in between the time of when Loretta B crosses over to the end of the movie— So what is happening in that other universe where the three days before the other people cross over, did a Loretta C join that universe? Because Loretta A couldn't, because she's fucking dead. That's true. So weren't they like... Maybe that's why they started crossing over, but wouldn't they know that to be like, you've been missing for three days. That's why we crossed over.
1: It might be that they made the assumption like she figured it out. Let's let's see if we can, too. Let's see if we can, too. I don't know. It seems very It's just there's a lot of stuff that I feel
2: like they should have known and should have been like, hey, this is this obvious thing that has happened. We should probably talk about that, and they just don't. The whole movie. Mm-hmm. So now it's now it's getting to the end of the movie. Amy B has jumped into the ocean and seemingly died. Jerry has killed Danny A. Now at this point, uh, Jerry, Amy. So Jerry, no, uh, Danny B, <laughs> Amy A, and Loretta B. Now I'll go to confront Jerry. They go to Jerry's house. They see there are two Jerry's. They have a, you know, it's this standard, like, don't shoot him, shoot me, you know, scenario uh, in which they finally figure it out, uh, you know, because one of them, like, they should, they see the tattoo and they realize Mm -hmm. that he doesn't have the tattoo. So they kill Danny B. But now we need to point out that that or I'm sorry, they killed Jerry B.
1: B Jerry B yeah,
2: but now we need to point out that it's Jerry A, Amy A, Loretta B, and Danny B mm-hmm. all kind of live in Universe A, <laughs> so now they're missing from the other universe. But now it's all sorts of fuckery in this universe, and so they're all like, uh, okay, like here's what we're gonna do. You know, we're gonna uh, we're gonna get in our car, and they get in this brown SUV. And they drive up this road, and they almost get hit by a white BMW, and they get pushed over the edge, and from their point of view, they look out the window, and there is Loretta A again, and Loretta B grabs Loretta A's hand, and they go over the edge, and then the movie starts over again. So I infer that this is kind of a multiverse movie, but it's also a time loop movie, but is it is that Loretta A? A, or is that Loretta C? And it's, they're just, everything is, like, delayed in the reaction, like, I don't know, tell me the answer.
1: So, I think... Okay. I think that it, is, that they've basically started something where uh, several near enough to be identical, because the idea being that if there are an infinite number of universes, there are an infinite number that are identical enough for this experiment to work, uh, that they've basically created a loop where this keeps happening amongst those universes. Uh, And it shouldn't, honestly, without this being as explicitly a time travel movie or like some like you know, the big event that like specifically triggers a like temporal loop or something like that. It shouldn't work, but it was so satisfying for to me because in the very beginning, when I saw this other SUV, I was like, that's them in there, but they don't show us. They like they very yeah. like cleverly don't show us. They just, you know, you see the hand reach out and it grabs Loretta's hand and drags her over. And when she's watching the news report of her own death later on, they mention like, um, you know, no missing persons reports were filed for the other occupants, and all of the uh, all of the bodies were were burned up in the fire, uh, which was their opportunity to potentially explore the idea that when. Someone from another universe dies in this universe. Uh, that it, the their matter and energy is somehow like dissipated or returned to their original universe or something like that. Uh, in order to correct the paradox, uh, and like that's, I think maybe was there their one little like you know, we'll, we'll throw a th- toss a uh, toss a bone to the audience that like that's sure. what we're trying to do. But they didn't do it clearly enough to to say for sure. Uh, so that still leaves me with the like. Uh, the the paradox of like, well, their matter and energy are still here. Uh, but theoretically that's, so uh, it was so satisfying to see that loop come to completion uh, at the end uh, and, and the story start up again.
2: It was, and i I was waiting for I was waiting throughout the length of the film for them to start referencing time in in some way or another, and they kind of didn't. Um, I, I watched this movie with a friend, and I turned to her in the like sort of the beginning, and I was like, "I think I've predicted the end," but I didn't say what it was because <laughs> I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah. Um. So here, here's what I posit. Here's my theory. Right. So I don't actually think this is a time loop. I think this was. I think it was a domino effect. So here's what I think happens. Okay. So you're ready for this one? I'm I'm gonna do a 15-minute YouTube explainer. Not really. Ah. So Loretta A dies. Loretta, and then in universe... So universe A, Loretta A dies. In universe B, Loretta A, Loretta B does not die. She figures out uh, how to do multiverse travel. She travels to A, which her traveling to A triggers Loretta C to travel to B in a delayed reaction, right? So she gets pulled in at a delayed time. So now she is there figuring out multiverse at at a different timeline, so, like, further down the road. Let's say Mm -hmm. it happens on Monday. She gets pulled in on Wednesday. So Loretta C is pulled into Loretta B's universe on Wednesday and by Friday figures out everything. And now she, uh, at this point, Loretta B... Uh, it gets pulled back so Loretta C moves to Loretta B's universe, where Loretta B's universe so Loretta B dies in the end of uh in universe A, which pulls Loretta C from universe B to Loretta to universe A, and so on, and so on, and so forth. So every time one of them dies, it basically pulls another one in through the chain Mm -hmm. and it basically creates this, it's not a loop. It's an endless scenario where the same situations keep happening, but they're being delayed. They're waiting for that domino effect of each. So it's, you know, B moves to A, C moves to B, D moves to C, E moves to D, so on and so forth. And it keeps pulling that scenario because each time the same events happen... Because they're now living them, but just a a week later than the other one. So it's not like it's happening on the same day. It's happening just a week later, and then a week later, and then a week later, and it just keeps happening, happening, happening. And it just... So it's not necessarily a loop, but it's kind of a loop. It's not a a circle. It's more like a freaky circle. (laughs) 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 That's like the third time that reference has come up for me today, but... Mm. But yeah, so that's so that's my that's my wild theory. That's my theory. I feel like Charlie Day over here. I'm like nah, no, 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 no,
1: Pepe Silva. <laughs> <Sylvie. laughs>
2: Pepe Silva. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I, I would. I need a little more time to, to to sit with it and, and formulate a, a more solid theory of my own. I, I, mine mostly lines up with that. I'm not entirely sure if it's uh, like a cascading like through universes or if they did actually. You create something out of a time loop uh, because the, the the timing of them driving from the university uh, in the white uh, SUV at the same time that future them is uh, driving the other direction and gets run off the cliff. Uh, and like that continued to happen, even though like there's five months in between uh, right. these events. It's tricky, but I like it. I like that I don't automatically have it figured out. And it's, it's not in such a way that like, you know, some of the movies we've watched, they're so fucking convoluted and poorly written that like, there's no way to figure it out because it's just like, there's nothing there to, to figure out. Uh, In this, there's something, just don't know what. Yeah. You know what? This, this movie
2: left me asking a lot of questions Uh, I, I think if, if we were to rewrite this movie, I would just, I would make it so people were more apt to believe everyone and not spend the majority of the movie gaslighting. And instead I would rather be a conflict of like trying to figure out how every, I would rather them being like, you know, I'd rather them be like, well, no, that can't be possible at first, but then be like, but yeah, but I guess if that's that, Mm -hmm. then obviously this is the case. So now let's spend the time trying to figure out how it happened mm-hmm. and that be the conflict and spend it instead of spending most of the time being like, well, that can't be right. You know, like yeah. just, I'd rather them try to like science it out instead of just gaslighting everyone. Yeah. And again,
1: like we're all going to die if we don't fix this. That's, That's that, that conflict. is conflict enough. That That yeah. is a, a motivation for all of the characters. And you can um, still make Jerry evil. Yeah. I mean, totally. Uh, but like this group of scientists who made this amazing breakthrough, not falling back on that science to fix it when they realize like shit, things have gone horribly wrong.
2: Well, that's I'll, the, the other thing
1: I, I will say yeah. is that the, 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 um, the IMDB synopsis for this film, uh, four brilliant university students are forced to confront themselves in terrifying ways when their quantum physics experiment leads to an entangled parallel existence that leaves them questioning who they are and what is real. Um, now this says an entangled parallel existence. So right there we, we should have picked up on like, it's it's not going to be a true like multiverse thing. Um, but that description really lends itself to like, like really weird shit starts happening as like various versions, like versions of them just keep popping up and like, ah, surprise motherfucker. Uh, and like, <laughs> that could have been interesting. And like, I guess there's a part of me that's glad that they didn't do that and they kept it a more focused story, but like there there was room to play with. I think that this is a movie that with, with good focused writing uh, and a little bit better uh, continuity, because there's definitely like, oh, you yeah. you know, you know that she can't understand you if you don't look at her. Meanwhile, like half the characters are looking away when they're talking to Amy. Right. Uh, and like the scene where um, Jerry B kills Danny A, like. He, like, has a flask in his hand, and then he sits down, and then he pulls the flask out of his pocket. Like, minor things. Or he drops
2: the flask, and it sounds completely empty,
1: but then we see the
2: flask, and it's dripping water. Yeah, it's dripping liquid. Yeah,
1: Uh, Which, was it poison? Because, you know, there's a moment where, like, he holds his hand over uh, Danny's face. Like, he's trying to, um, like, smother him, but, like... Much like an idiot wearing a mask, he's not covering the nose. Right. Uh, So it's like, is he muffling his screams or is he trying to suffocate him? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Minor things. I don't... I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. And I Basically, my, my point being, I, I think this is one that with, with uh, a bit more time spent on writing, you could have gone longer with the film and given us a bit more, like, you don't have to tie it up in a neat little bow. Like, a story like this doesn't need that, but give us a little bit more substance.
2: Yeah. I, so, my, my uh, several critiques about this movie is, one... No gaslighting. Two, I think the movie should have ended when Loretta B dies the same way that Loretta A does. Yes, I, I didn't because they started it back at the same beginning of the movie where it's, you know, them talking about the fish. They get in the white car and they drive away. I don't think we needed that. That no. I think was inferred when we see the scenario happen from the other perspective. They could have just ended the movie there. But yeah. that being said, this movie is only an hour and a half long. And I agree they could have cut that part out and put that in the middle of them doing it because Amy figures out potentially we they could have gone down the road of Amy figuring out, you know, like I go into the water and that's how I go back to World A. <laughs> go for it. I, you're excited.
1: So they're like they make a big show of there being like the car explodes when it goes over the cliff. Right. But what if the bodies end up in the water and that's how
2: and that's how they go found. back they, and get, it they, recycles? Yeah. That's very possible. Yeah. I so, uh, so Multiverse is streaming on Hulu. So, should you watch this movie? For as much as I have a lot to complain about this movie, yes, only Mm -hmm. because I think there's an idea there. There's enough of a really clever, fun science fiction idea there that is that will get you thinking. Like, I will leave this movie thinking about the idea that happens in the movie and not the movie. Like I won't think more about any of these characters, but I will think about what happens in the movie and try to logic it out. Like, or, yeah. you know, science fiction, logic it out. Um, so I think there's, there's a movie there.
1: What do you think? Yeah. Caleb? I absolutely think this is, is worth watching. Uh, I, I think that, uh it it is not without its flaws, but I think it is a a, a well written film. I think that there's lots of great one liners that that had me cracking up throughout. Fuck it. Bill Gates, uh, <laughs> and like it is it's a really interesting take that. Um, as we said earlier, doesn't go too heavy handed on the, the science jargon to make it like, that's not how this works. Uh, that <laughs> happens so often in, in films like this. Uh, it gives us enough to be plausible. Um, and I would like to see more from uh, this, uh, writer director combo of, uh, Gaurav, Seth and, uh, Doug Taylor and Michael McKenzie.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I agreed. Uh, so there it is, everyone. That's our first multiverse movie of the month. Uh, you know, keep, keep looking out. We've got a lot more coming. Um, you know, follow us on social media. We're at The Nahoit Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram, The N H O Y T Podcast. Uh, and if you are not also following the Night Shift Media uh, account as well, you should do that. It's MediaNSR on Twitter and Night Shift Radio Media over on Instagram. We just hired a brand new social media person. We did, and she's uh, killing it. Em is killing it. Uh, she is absolutely killing it. So you definitely wanna check that out. She She's doing so much on the social media, that's, that's great. So we're very excited about that. She is handling our, our Night Shift Radio, uh, the Night Shift Media accounts. You definitely wanna check those out, which I believe are linked down below. Uh, if not, you can head to our website, nightshiftradio.com.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: But so, thanks a lot for listening, everyone. If you have not hit that subscribe button, please make sure to do so. We would super appreciate it, uh, and of course, share with one hundred thousand of your closest friends.
1: You know, at this point, that it's the least you can do. It's and just a- if you haven't, like really, like just just think about like just think about it or share it with your multiverse pals. Ah, <laughs> share it with 100,000 of your closest other yous. <laughs> closest other yous. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening, everyone, and we will see you next time. We'll take this
0: into the long